Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Bi-Weekly Geopolitical Report for May 1st, 2023. I'm Phil Adler. A recent agreement brokered by China represents a warming of relations between Saudi Arabia and Iran. Confluence Chief Market Strategist Bill O'Grady says this event is noteworthy on several levels. For one thing, it alters the international diplomacy game board. And investors may want to keep a close eye on how oil prices react. Bill joins us today to offer some analysis. First, Bill, I'm confused. Aren't Saudi Arabia and Iran longtime adversaries in the Middle East? They are, for centuries. The whole Persians versus Arabs is part of this conflict. Now, I didn't get into this in the report, but the geography of Iran makes it such that it's very hard to invade. The country's mostly mountains. There are large salt flats in the middle. But because it's hard to invade, it also isn't conducive to agriculture. So Iran is protected, but likely to be poor, and so it needs to invade the surrounding areas for arable land. Of course, oil changes this framework, but there is ample evidence that Iran attempts to project power to improve its economic situation. And the most obvious place for it to project power is into the Arab areas, so there is a natural conflict. Other factors have been added to the mix over the centuries, including the Shia-Sunni conflict, but the basic factors are based on geography. Another element underlying this enduring conflict is who runs the region. Both Iran and the Arab states want to establish regional hegemony, but since neither side has been able to do so, outside powers have been lured into the region in part by both sides to improve the chances that they will prevail and from outsiders wanting to stabilize the region. This feature has been going on well before the 1979 revolution. So what have they agreed now to do? Well, they've agreed to ease tensions and, and reestablish relations. In recent decades, there have been periods of separation and reunion. The last separation occurred in 2016, with the Saudis executed a prominent Shiite figure within Saudi Arabia. Iranians violently protested and attacked Saudi embassies. The Riyadh closed these facilities and formally ended diplomatic relations. So the first step is to reestablish diplomatic relations, but we expect this detente to broaden in the coming months. What's in it for Iran? Well, Iran wants a fall so it can conduct trade and evade sanctions. Iran has been under great stress recently. Sanctions are hurting the economy. As we note in the report, inflation is elevated and the Iranian rial is plummeting in value. The protests against hijabs have continued despite an aggressive crackdown by security forces. Iran would like to improve relations with its neighbors if for no other reason than to evade sanctions and eat pressure on the economy. What's the goal for Saudi Arabia? Well, in the very short term, the Saudis want to end the Yemen war. There's been a civil conflict in Yemen since 2014. The Saudis have been involved in this conflict. Iran has supported the Houthis, a group in Yemen that is in conflict with the side supported by the Saudis. After nearly a decade, Riyadh wants to extricate itself from this war. And if Iran ends its support of the Houthis, this group will be more likely inclined to negotiate. And we expect Tehran to do exactly that, meaning that the odds of ending this war are high. And what does China, which brought the two sides together, have to gain? Well, one of the issues we've noted for some time is that as the U.S. reduces its interest in hegemony, it creates vacuums that other nations will try to fill. The U.S. in this report has become rather jaded on the Middle East, and we suspect that the countries in the region probably share that position. President Obama wanted to pivot to Asia. 
that means pivoting away from somewhere else. And so as we slowly remove ourselves from the region, other players will likely try to move in. Now, China is a major importer of oil. Having good relations with oil producers in the Middle East improves its energy security. In addition, peace in the region improves the likelihood of steady supply. China does have the advantage of not being seen as a partisan actor. U.S.-Iranian relations have been fraught since 1979. Obama did attempt to improve them, but with only modest success. But China has little history in the region and would be seen as a fair broker for the area. So does this represent an erosion of influence for the United States in the Middle East? Without question, it does, but that may be by design. As we noted, if there's a pivot to Asia, there must be a pivot from somewhere else. It should be noted that if a conflict developed among the major nations in the region, we doubt seriously China would be able to project sufficient power to contain it. So this is an erosion of U.S. influence, but it may not be unexpected. Bill, is the Middle East simply not as important for the United States as it once was? In some regards, it's not. The shale revolution has reduced U.S. dependence on Middle East oil. Given the cost of maintaining stability in the Middle East is considerable, it's fair to say that the U.S. is probably less interested in the region. So is this event all that surprising, given the evolving separation of countries around the world into two major economic and political blocs? No, although we do want to note that when Patrick reviewed his block analysis, Saudi Arabia's acceptance into a provisionary membership of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization put the kingdom in the China leaning block and gave that block a dominant position in world oil reserves. So this move is important. Do you think the United States will now make attempts to bolster relations with Saudi Arabia? Well, probably, although it isn't obvious what we could do. Crown Prince Salman has laid out his marker. He wants a formal security guarantee, which the U.S. probably won't give him. So we may see some attempts to rekindle the relationship, but as long as MBS is effectively running the kingdom, we doubt good terms will return anytime soon. Bill, while this may represent a diplomatic victory for China, are there downsides for China that, that might be costly? The Middle East is one of the most unsettled regions in the world. The Iran-Saudi deal occurred in part because both sides were exhausted from sanctions and war and wanted some space. But once recovery sets in, the oil rivalries will likely reemerge, and when they do, some outside party will likely need to intervene. It is at this moment that we see the degree of Chinese commitment. What I suspect is we will see China just won't get that deeply involved. So China's involvement may not be costly, but it just may not be very effective either. Europe is in a much different position than the United States because of its dependence on energy imports. Is there any reason for Europe to be wary of this warming of relations between Iran and Saudi Arabia and China's role in it? Well, Europe was always oil poor. To address this condition, it wanted diversity of supply, so it wanted oil from Russia, the U.S., and the Middle East, but didn't want to be dependent upon just one of these suppliers. The U.S. was never happy with Europe's partial reliance on Russia, but it did tolerate their purchasing of Middle East oil. Now it's apparent that Russia is unreliable, and Europe is now dependent on the Middle East or the United States. Now, if China's influence rises, it isn't hard to see a situation where the Saudis would demand and Europe pay for its oil in Yuan. 
It would make it hard for Europe to decouple from China as it would need a trade surplus with China to acquire yuan for trade. Although this is a possibility, it's important to remember that this would require China to run trade deficits, which we don't think they would tolerate. The most likely negative for Europe is that they will become increasingly dependent upon the U.S. for oil and gas. This will give Washington some leverage over the EU. And does this event decrease Russia's standing in the Middle East? Well, given China's close relations with Moscow, it's probably a benefit. If there is a downside, increased Middle East oil sales to China may reduce Russia's market share to China. In addition, China may pressure OPEC Plus to lower oil prices. Bill, do you think we are now entering a long-term era of improvement in the relationship between Iran and Saudi Arabia, or are there good reasons to believe this thaw may be short-lived? Well, history would suggest that the deal won't last. The two powers are usually at odds. We view this deal as mostly a one-off. That being said, if the U.S. is leaving and the Chinese can't influence the region on the same level as the U.S., Iran and Arab powers may need to make some sort of accommodation. And what are the short-term and long-term implications for oil prices? Well, usually anything that eases tensions in the Middle East is bearish for oil. This agreement probably is modestly bearish. Over the long run, if hostilities return, as we expect, it's probably a modestly bullish factor. Thank you, Bill. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. Opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler.